Can you make power from cow poop? And how fast are U.S. utilities moving on regulating greenhouse gas emissions? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckett Sphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Thursday, July 21st. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. I only meant to take a break on Wednesday, but this one is out so late because the power went out in my apartment last night into the first half of today. Hashtag fuck PG&E. No heat wave here though, so thankfully that wasn't a concern. I actually have no idea why the power went out. Anyways, I also want to say that I think I'm going to make the removal of Wednesday's podcast episode permanent because it will give me a bit more time to work on videos for the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. So now I will be publishing podcast episodes on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Okay, let's start with the extreme weather events. More than 200 people have died from hunger so far this month due to a drought-induced famine and regional instability in Uganda. Many who are starving are nomadic pastoralists, and armed groups have been raiding their cattle supplies. Most who died were elderly, lactating mothers, and children. Truly a tragic situation. In another part of the world, China is melting under a new heat wave, where temperatures are expected to stay around 102.2 to 107.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 39 to 42 degrees Celsius, from now through August, with little reprieve. Meanwhile, Europe continues to be on fire. Fires are burning in Italy, Greece, Spain, Morocco, Portugal, and France, while temperatures still hit record highs. Fires in Bordeaux, France, have forced 34,000 people to evacuate since July 12th. Extreme wildfires are expected to increase in Europe by 30% in the next 28 years, according to a 2022 UN report. Portugal alone has reported over 1,000 heat deaths. And in the UK, a 40-degree Celsius record was breached in 34 recording sites, and right away, London caught fire. Nine blazes were reported on Tuesday, and the London fire brigades struggled to cope. Then in Hawaii, a giant swell objected to a wedding in Kaluakona this past weekend. For real, we're talking 20-foot waves. That's the largest waves the island has seen in decades, and scientists say climate change is at least partially behind it, mainly in the form of sea level rise. Lifeguards and rescuers responded to at least 1,960 calls, only one serious that we know of. These waves are likely to become more common, leading to flooding and erosion. Time for a climate study. A joint investigation by the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, Sky News, and the Daily Telegraph found an interesting source of lithium, single-use vapes. Vapes only contain 0.15 grams of lithium each, but the team calculated that two vapes are discarded every second in the UK alone. In a year, that's enough lithium to make roughly 1,200 electric car batteries. And all that lithium is currently going to the landfills. Someone needs to get on this. Stat. Now for some climate victories. Canada and Japan formed a new agreement to build a power plant that will produce energy from cow manure. This plant will hopefully be able to power 2,200 homes and reduce agriculture-associated methane emissions. Methane is 84 times a more potent greenhouse gas than CO2 for the first 20 years they're in the atmosphere. The plant will anaerobically digest about 250 metric tons of cow manure a day to produce 1.2 megawatts worth of biogas. The plant is being designed and installed by the Canada-based Energia Inc. for the Toyo Energy Solutions Co. in Kaseoka, a coastal town in southern Japan. Continuing in Asia, India's state-controlled Convergence Energy Services LTD announced a $10 billion tender for 50,000 electric buses to help decarbonize the country's transportation sector. 
India plans to cut 1 billion tons of carbon emissions by 2030 to reach net zero emissions by 2070. The money will not only go to buses themselves, but also to build EV charging stations. The managing director said India can electrify all two-wheelers, which is how most Indians get around, and buses in the next five to seven years. There is some concern with battery supply issues, though. Over to Europe, a UK court has sided with climate activists, stating the government's net-zero policies published in October are too vague. Friends of the Earth, Client Earth, and the Good Law Project sued the government for illegally failing to create policies that would properly decarbonize the country in the timeline it pledged in the 2008 Climate Change Act. Winning the lawsuit is a big deal because it forces the government to fully outline its plans and shows that the act has teeth to sue off of. Meanwhile, Extinction Rebellion activists smashed windows at the London headquarters of Rupert Murdoch's media company News Corp. The Murdoch family owns Fox News, The New York Post, and The Wall Street Journal in the U.S., The Sun and The Times in the U.K., and The Daily Telegraph, Herald Sun, Sky News Australia, and The Australian in Australia. Several of these still so doubt about the reality of climate change, and almost all of those sites discredit climate action often. And during these deadly heat waves, they're posting pics of girls in bikinis acting like the hot temperature is a good thing. So yeah, climate activists are not a fan. Early Tuesday morning, they broke windows and held up posters that say, tell the truth, and 40 degrees equals death. Past the glass breaking, the protests were reportedly nonviolent. Over in the U.S., Minnesota announced three Minneapolis neighborhoods will get rooftop solar and battery storage to create mini-grids. The state says they're going to be resilience hubs in the event of a natural disaster. The investment is part of the Excel Energy's Integrated Distribution Plan, which was approved by Minnesota's Public Utilities Commission last month. Some buildings expected to get rooftop solar include three public schools, a community center, and the Minnesota American Indian Center. The diverse area is excited because they're not usually prioritized for these kind of investments. Now let's move on to a developing story. In the wake of U.S. federal abortions rights being slashed, people in clean energy are demanding the industry safeguards their rights to this form of health care. So far, most top clean tech and renewable companies have been quiet about the Supreme Court decision. Several companies are located in progressive states like California, New York, and Massachusetts, but many are headquartered in the more conservative Great Plains and Southwest. A group of professionals penned an open letter on Monday that proposed best practices in the industry, which comes in the form of providing pregnant people access to abortion services. Many tech giants like Amazon, Meta, and Microsoft have ensured their workers these rights, even paying for travel costs of people living in abortion-banned states. Even fossil fuel companies like BP and Shell announced they would provide out-of-state travel cost coverage. We'll have to wait and see how clean energy responds. And this leads us into the climate fails. A new survey of U.S. utility leaders by the consulting firm ICF International, Inc. shows a gap between talk and action when it comes to the clean energy transition. Of the 190 executives asked, 9 in 10 consider reducing greenhouse gas emissions coming from power plants as either a high or moderate priority. But only 38% were part of companies that actually had a plan to execute these emissions reductions. More specifically, 32% are in process of planning a strategy, and 29% said they expect to produce a strategy in the next five years. Five years? That's a long time. The study found this was mainly due to the companies not being sure of what to do or not having the financial or regulatory support to act. This survey was conducted before the West Virginia v. EPA Supreme Court ruling last month, which basically stripped the EPA from directly putting a cap on power plant greenhouse gas emissions. 
And over in Pennsylvania, the governor signed a bill into law that makes the state's abandoned and orphaned oil and gas well problem stagnant. Abandoned and orphaned wells are a main source of fossil fuel-produced methane. Fixing these leaks is considered a low-hanging fruit for reducing emissions. But this bill freezes bond amounts that fossil fuel companies have to pay to help clean up their messes, stripping the state's Environmental Quality Board from upping the price for the next 10 years. Besides making it so the state government could get less money out of fossil fuel companies for these cleanups, it also hinders the ability of Pennsylvania to use some of the $40 million allocated by the bipartisan infrastructure bill to go to cleaning up oil and gas wells. This is because the money is contingent on states creating stricter bonding regulations. While Pennsylvania is the third largest coal state in the country, Governor Wolf has often picked the more environmentally friendly paths. So what's up with this move? Well, he made an agreement with Republicans that if he does this, they will increase education funding. Fossil fuel companies will only have to pay up to $2,500 per well for conventional wells and $4,000 to $10,000 per well for unconventional wells, which both environmentalists and regulators have said is well below the true cost of plugging up these wells. This is absolutely an example of fossil fuel companies writing legislation to prioritize their profit margins over the health and well-being of people on the planet. Leveraging education funding for the state's children whose futures they're jeopardizing seems extra cruel. Let's finish off today's episode looking at some 2021 Yale data that relates to one of the things I always say. Talk about the climate crisis every day. The reason why I say this every time is that people don't, particularly people in the U.S. Despite an average of 72% of the U.S. thinking climate change is happening, though only 59% think humans are the main driver of it, 38% of people ever even talk about climate change. How are we going to fix this problem or change minds if people don't even talk about it? So that's why it's one of my main mantras. If you're listening to this on YouTube, comment below who was the most recent person you spoke about climate change to. For me, it was my neighbor who I got to watch my West Virginia v. EPA video. And that was your climate recap for Thursday, July 21st. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becca Spear Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.